Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis doing a different kind of inflection because a few people tweeted me and said it was annoying. <laughs> And I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Did you really get messages from people saying it was annoying? I think I got one, and in my head, hundreds. Yeah. As... I got a tweet from someone that said, you sound like Tony Chimmel doing uh, Edge's Superstar. entrance. Superstar. Yeah, that's 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 a compliment. I used to love that entrance. Yeah. It's nice when people have uni- unique uh, things to make them feel different from everyone else in yeah. wrestling. So uh, let's get this out of the way first. We suck at technology. Me and Luke had a just it felt awkward earlier, didn't it? We were trying to figure out YouTube. This new fangled <laughs> I wondered what story you were yeah, going to tell then. This new fangled thing called YouTube that the kids are into. Oh yeah. Uh, we upload some of our videos there. Yeah. But the majority of our output is it's on still, MySpace. It's still on MySpace. Yeah, and Bebo. And Bebo. Uh, we contact each the... other via MSN Messenger. Mm, yeah. But the the there's this thing called stories on there. Uh, I'm sure a lot of, of our subscribers have recently noticed we now know how to use the community tab. Yep. I thought you were going to say we know how to do stories, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the community tab is effectively YouTube's Twitter, where you don't just post your videos. You post, hey, this is a funny thing. This Look at this meme. Here's, a, here's a poll. Yeah, here's a link back to our website. You may have noticed that... People don't like the website ones. No, they're they not. They get angry. Um, because, like, YouTube, I think Google... I mean, you might have had the email that said your Google Plus page is being shut down. And I, I know a lot of people were really upset about this, but it's okay. Because all they're telling you is just migrate over to YouTube instead. Yeah. And one of the things they've added, separate to the community tab, because we wanted to do, like... People said they wanted to see more backstage videos and little clips throughout the day. And, and website links. And Yeah, and website links to stories that they have to click on to find out what the story's about. That is disgusting, Oliver Davis. Why can't you just copy and paste the entire body of the article into the post? Ugh, Ugh, what? I don't want to click things. Um, so the stories is YouTube Snapchat. So we can post a 15-second video up there. 
and I've I used to use Snapchat when it first Did became you? a thing. Yeah, I used to send I used to send my friends uh me doing action figures. So it was like so an example, I once had a stone cold figurine. It was my mate Mike's birthday. So I put a t-shirt over a chair and I started playing Stone Cold's entrance music. When the glass shattered, the T-shirt fell off of the chair, revealing Stone Cold behind, and he would come forward and go, Happy birthday, Mike. Great Stone Cold. Happy birthday, Mike. Like, ah! like that. And that was that was the thing I used Snapchat for. But then... Snapchat's the one with the ghost, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all the unsolicited dick videos. Mm-hmm. My friend had an entire folder that she'd saved to her phone. Of all the, you know, when you go jogging by yourself, <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's sort of the end, the end of the jog. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when you when you're dead tired, yeah, but yeah, you feel yeah. you feel like you've accomplished something. Yeah, it's it's the celebration bit at the end of a, a solo jog. Absolutely, yeah. Where you get your bottle of water and you you spray out <laughs> and everywhere, you chuck it up in on your face like Triple H. Absolutely, yeah, totally. It was it was a compilation of those. 10 mm. second videos a compilation you might say the random people were sending her very good pun thank you and she found this hilarious i was aghast <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh yeah so that that was my last experience with snapchat or any kind of thing where the video is only out there for a limited period of time and then it's gone forever which seems i don't like that it seems pointless yeah I guess there's an immediacy to it. And stories, Instagram has stories now. Facebook will probably have one, but if it doesn't already. Twitter has Twitter moments, I think, mm. is a thing. Well, I used to really like Vine. I thought that was a really succinct, fun way to structure videos. And that th- those, you know, very fi- funny nine-second clips. Also Tout, obviously. Obvi- well, Got of course, tout. tout. 15 seconds, mate, is better than Vine. It's just something so... It feels so useless to to make something that's going to disappear forever in a week. Yeah. That's not what I like. No. Uh, but apparently it's what social media platforms like. So we did one today because I did one yesterday, but I did it wrong, <laughs> which was, it was meant to be like raw in one word. And I, we just ended up uploading it as a normal YouTube video. <laughs> As an unlisted link, which isn't really what you meant to do. With- I thought you did it right. I thought it was just on our in our back ends because it had been loaded to the the whatever the community tab. No, no, that would be great. You can't post a video in isolation. You've got to upload it to your channel and then do an unlisted link to the community tab. It's messy. I don't like it. It's because they've got stories and the stories thing, which is the Snapchat thing for YouTube, uh, is what they want you to use. I imagine. So we did that this morning, and I felt so old. And at the end of it, I'd shot it all in the wrong lands. Like I, I shot it landscape because it, I thought, oh, I hate, I hate it when people shoot things portrait. Idiots shoot things <coughs> portrait. Phones should be like they should have a functionality that video doesn't work until you turn it landscape because only morons shoot mm. things in portrait. But as is the way with, I mean. But did all pictures used to be 16 by 9? Surely the technology shapes the way content is created and content now. You hold your phone portrait. I don't know. I turn it to the side. All when the I, time. When I watch YouTube, I don't watch YouTube portrait because the screen's dead small. That's because you're watching content that's been filmed for a landscape thing. Whereas I'm I'm saying that there's a whole new era of content that is specifically shot 
to be portraits mm. and have that look. What would this be on? This would be on your phone. Yeah, no, no but what on my phone? Um, well, if people shoot YouTube videos in portraits, if someone, if, if my mum FaceTimes me, <laughs> that's a portrait thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, I see, I see what you're she saying. Get, she can't turn it the other way because for some reason it just stays upside down. I was like, you've got the lock on. And she's like, what's the lock? I'm like, double tap double tap the home button. I, kids are glass houses here, Ollie yeah, Davis. Yeah. I know, because I just, well, I figured it out. I figured it out. So we posted a, a YouTube story. Should I see how it went? Yeah, did, did you actually get it to work? I got it to work, but it is the wrong, you know, it's, it is the wrong way round. <laughs> I put a, hey, get this, I put a filter on it. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what uh, filter did you I put, put on it? I put, um, what is a filter? It's something that just makes the colors look different. Oh. So let me have a look here. I, f I feel like I don't usually tap the phone like a caveman. Yeah, and you currently are tapping it like with your index finger, like my mum does. But because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a philistine right now, look, so I, I put a filter on so it looks a bit different. So it's just, it's Luke saying uh, Kofi as his one word review. And then he's so it looks a, bagel. a bit. Yeah, it yeah. looks like. Uh, well, that, that looked like it was fine. Well, it's because I'm holding it that way. If you hold it portrait, it doesn't work. Well, then just hold it landscape. Like I a normal so. person would. But the colors are a bit different. They're a bit more sepia. Yeah, I, would I, say. I, I can see. That's yeah. what I went for. I didn't yeah. go full out Instagram vintage mode. No. Um, and I've also written. You've, there's a little caption on yeah. it as well. Comment with your one word reviews. With and an it's like a red, point. Yeah, 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 with a red label sticker. Very eye catching. I had to position that. I had I, I shrunk it up and down to yeah. find the best positioning. I felt like a youth. <laughs> I I I debated for about a minute over whether I should put that exclamation mark. <laughs> um, this, this is all grand and everything. How, how's the, the feedback been? Has anyone said, why are you filming this landscape, okay, you so, morons? So 489 views so nice. far. Yeah, big uh, numbers. So that's, that's in about two hours. I think that's more oh, than we've my, had six comments. It's more than my book trailer has had. Okay, so Smacktastic, um, Smackdam, great. Gauntlet. So these are people giving their one-word replies. Excellent. And uh, someone said New Day. Kushdeep <sighs> uh, Sandar. So close. Oh, well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm going to favourite all of those because I'm not going to favourite the one with... T <laughs> That's now that only one. The one, the guy who said oh, two words. Man, I bless them. Um, when we come... Uh, we're going to go into the SmackDown review, but when we come out, I've got an amazing... Um, conspiracy theory about Smackdown this week, which oh, yeah. I really want to dive into. I don't think this person is a, is a pod swafter. I think they just emailed it to me because they had a theory. But uh, I, I quite liked it, so I want to I'll read this out. Um, but uh, yes, we're going to dive into the Smackdown review, talking about, hey, what a fun episode of Smackdown this was with a really cool and long gauntlet match. If you are one of our uh, pod swafters or Swaft Nation members that really, really likes 2008 to 2013 WWE and doesn't understand when we bury it so much. There's a little bit of that in this episode. So is that now a disclaimer we have to put out? Well, a lot of people just really like that era of WWE for whatever reason. Mm. But anyway, we're going to talk about how fun SmackDown was this week with the Gauntlet match. Here is the show. Uh, dick, dick, diggity, dick, diggity we had a corking episode last night with, hey, hey, get this, get this, wrestling on it. 
Hey, man, do you know what? Sometimes you do get wrestling on these <laughs> wrestling shows. It's, it's such a novelty. And I, if you told me two years ago, most of your favorite episodes of WWE TV are going to be structured around gauntlet matches. Right. I would have been like, what gauntlet matches? <laughs> might, might as well say beat the clock challenges. <laughs> it's such a, like a, a weird form, not a weird format, but it's something that WWE have never really done to this level. I'll tell you why, because it reminds you of like that, that 2008 to 2013 periods where like every Raw and every SmackDown and every pay-per-view looks and feels the same. And it felt like they just did a lot of gauntlet matches, but they only went 10 minutes. Whereas gauntlet matches now go an hour and 10 minutes and then wrestlers get to do stuff and it feels much nicer. Yeah, or and it's usually just John Cena winning. Yeah. Like, oh, great, John Cena beat everyone. LOL. And DX beat everyone. <laughs> and DX, yeah, the, but now you've got like these really, and it's not just the same template. These are differently structured gauntlet matches. That So what happened on this week's SmackDown, the last half of the show was an excellent six-man gauntlet uh, for, for all the people who are now in the chamber match because Mustafa Ali is very, very unfortunately injured. Um, he got a... Obviously, he got injured by Randy last week. He got that black eye. And then over the weekend on the house shows, it seems he's suffered a concussion. So he's been pulled. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. But I imagine... With, there was a silver line into this cloud because mm -hmm. you wanted Andrade, Cien Almas in there. I said I, Andrade would be great in there. There was also reports that Luke Harper might be returning to TV. Mm -hmm. So I thought, hey, maybe you could put Luke Harper in there as a baby face before you lead into him joining this sort of Daniel Bryan faction and do that as a storyline. I was fantasy booking it in my head on the way to work yesterday. Um, but yeah, no, but instead... They just announced at the start of the show. They had a graphic up on screen, but they had other things they needed to do first. But like, here's a graphic. Ali is out of the chamber. It's going to be a member of the New Day. We don't know which one, but we'll get onto that in a little bit. I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, so are they all in the chat? Surely that's not that pod's not going to be big enough for Big E alone. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was a, like a very sort of blink and you'll miss it graphic at the start. And the, but they announced throughout the show that Ali was injured, and he had this amazing promo where he announced that he wasn't going to be in there. Shot outside in the cold streets of Chicago by the looks. Of things i really like the presentation of ali promos and then they did a tease of which member of the new data gonna be and biggie tried to take a jack off and they went no 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 no. then xavier wood stepped up and i was like yes be, be woods be xavier woods be xavier woods then he stepped back and it was kofi kingston and i've got to be honest my heart did sink a little same bit. here i was there with you yeah out of all those guys and you're like Man, I, Kofi is really great these days, but he was flattened out into that mid-card where he would just be the warm body put into Money in the Bank matches, Elimination Chamber matches. Well, just this so is his first Elimination Chamber, I believe. No. I believe it is. He was going to be in one and then Edge, Edge took him out. Spot. Right, of course. But he's usually that hot body to just take a few moves and do a few high spots. Kind of the John Morrison spot. Yeah. Where he's never going to win. No. And I was like... Well, all right, it's Kofi. You know, this could be quite nice. I'm sure Daniel Bryan will beat him. Because the, the gauntlet match started off with Bryan versus Kofi. I'm like, well, Bryan's going to beat him here and then, you know, go on with the help of Rowan and then maybe we get that Harper appearance. And, oh, my God, credit to WWE and their booking. We've got to say, you know, we we are very critical of a lot of the stuff they do, but they are also very good because they've got some very talented people behind the scenes, yep. and it seems on SmackDown they're allowed to execute their ideas logically. And they pulled off something that I didn't know I wanted. 
and that's Kofi in the main event. Yeah. Yeah. There was, as I said, like when it was revealed that it was Kofi, my heart did sink a little bit. Same as you. He's been a mid-carder for 11 plus years or whatever it is. And I'm just like, oh, man, really? A Kofi push in 2019? It seems a bit late in the day. By the end of the show, I was like, Kofi, Kofi, Kofi. Come on, man. Come on. Just one more guy. Just one more guy. You can do this. When he got locked in the car crush with AJ, I was like, come on, man. You can yeah. pull through this. You can pull through this. Because here's a, here's a headline for you. Kofi Kingston is great. Great at professional wrestling. I'm, I'm worried that people will hear us be down on this initial no, Kofi. Yeah. Uh, when, when he was selected, we're like, oh, God, it's Kofi. Because I think we, we're very big Xavier Woods fans. Yeah. And I feel like he hasn't had that great singles run. And he's the youngest, I think, of the bunch. He's got so much potential there. Kofi is at the other end of his career, really. We didn't. We weren't disappointed because we don't like Kofi. We're disappointed because of the way he's been booked for over a decade. Yeah. And all these stop-start pushes. The most famous one was where he was in this great feud with Randy Orton, and it really felt like he was going to break through to the main event scene. Push through. And then they just cut it off. Yeah. Supposedly because Randy just decided, I don't want to work with you anymore. And that put the kibosh on the whole storyline. And, and Kofi just, I don't know, did he become airborne? With Evan Bourne Air after boom, that? I Air Boom, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he was in that awful, awful era of Kofi Kingston gimmicks. Yeah, so... New Day really did save that man's oh career. Oh my God, yeah. And, and yeah, so Kofi's put in. And the match, that the idea behind the gauntlet match was the winner gets to enter the chamber last. Yes. So you had all the, the, the six competitors in... Uh, so that's Kofi now, Brian, Joe, AJ Styles... Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton. Yeah. And it starts off You'd with... You'd be forgiven for th- for forgetting that Jeff Hardy was in I this I forgot. Well, so we're a bit way through this match. I'm like... And it was AJ Styles I forgot. He's he, like, it, feels like, it feels like he hasn't done much recently. But he we start off... Vince McMahon. Uh, yeah, yeah. The new, the new AJ Styles. Yeah, the aggressive The real one. AJ Styles. The real hothead that we just keep seeing week after week in all of his matches. Really does... That hothead just keeps coming out. Hey, it's emotionally consistent. He really, really is. But it started off with Brian and Kofi, and I thought, this is going a long time. And they were having a really solid TV match yeah. that must have gone... It went through their their portion went through two commercial breaks. It, I think it went it went over twenty minutes. That's that's uh, awesome. I'd just by say itself. probably if I was to have it to guess twenty three twenty four minutes and not a single rest hold in sight. Mm. It was just it was Brian working over Kofi and Kofi trying to make comebacks, but every time he tried to make a comeback, big red Rowan on the outside would trip him up or throw him over the barricade and stuff because he's a big bloody stupid tree of a heel. And Daniel Bryan would then get the advantage of that again before the ref eventually ejected New Day and Rowan from ringside and then you're like okay well here's Brian's gonna get a roll up get yeah. the win and then Kofi kicks out and you're like oh that was cool and then Brian goes to do the running knee like that ah, right, well here it comes then Kofi dodges the running knee hits the trouble in paradise and gets the win you're like Kofi just pinned the WWE champion and that was like that's the start of this story really basically we would have talked about the exact same episode of Smackdown Live but you could just replace Kofi with the name Mustafa Ali. I'd imagine nothing in this match was changed when they found out that Ali was injured. I think the structure of the match was exactly the same. It's just that Ali was going to be in the Kofi role. Yeah, especially with the Samoa Joe spot later on, uh, where Kofi sort of rolled up Samoa Joe off a Kikina clutch and Joe was, uh, it was eliminated and pinned. That's the only, this is the only downside and it's nothing anyone can do. Like this is no one's fault. It's just, 
Mustafa Ali, this was Mustafa Ali's spot. Yeah. And this could have really proven him. But, you know, Kofi gets this position and he really excels in it. It's not like he's gone, oh, okay, I'm not meant to be in this spot. Um, he really gave it his all. He's got this opportunity and he took it. And yet the, this, like, just the Brian Kofi portion was such a tremendous slow building match where it just made me believe a little bit more each time. I'm like, oh, I'm into Kofi. Yeah. I'm getting into Kofi right now. Never thought I'd be saying that in 2019 that I'm into Kofi as the in the in uh, as a main eventer on SmackDown mm. in the WWE Championship picture. Very happy to be proven wrong. It's one of those occasions which I very much like every now and again. Love to be proven wrong. I love to be surprised by professional wrestling where I think my cynical hat comes on. I'm like, oh, God, I don't want this. And then they give it to me and I'm like, actually, this is excellent. I'm very glad you gave me this. Yeah, because there's a danger, especially with our sort of fandom, is to kick back and, and fantasy book something. You're like, you become so attached to that fantasy booking, you want them to do that. And anything they do is usually considerably inferior, not just because it's not your own idea, but because WWE's booking largely is ineffective. So when they give you something so much better than the best thing you could think of, you're like, ah, that's why you have a wrestling company and I don't. Uh, because you're exactly. geniuses yeah. when you're allowed to be. I suppose the question is, coming out of this, is that, is this just a one-time thing? Is this just... Kofi is getting this push because Ali is injured and they needed a body in there. Or are we going to continue to see Kofi within the main event picture of SmackDown Live? Like, is he going to have a program going into WrestleMania? If this was my, if this was my wrestling company, sometimes, yeah, because WWE sometimes, they don't see stuff like this as opportunities. They see them as, ah, damn it, we had someone injured and their plans were for them. So we'll just fill fill that gap for now and then we're course correct afterwards. Yeah. And they'll drop the person who got all that momentum off off that initial, like, of, of the replacement. So what I would do is just, yeah, I would have Kofi go on a sort of US title tear. Add him to that Rusev, Nakamura, Andrade, Rey Mysterio mix going into WrestleMania and keep the momentum going. That doesn't mean you have to break up the New Day. One of the, mo the, the most beautiful sights of this after Kofi had lasted, I don't know how long. He went over minutes. an hour. Really? Over an hour. 40 minutes of TV time, maybe. Yeah, but like a, an hour of that. And they, as, when he's eventually eliminated by AJ Styles, they run down and they, they pick him up and they're like so proud of him and they walk him to the back. It was lovely. Yeah, and that's one of the things I really like about the New Day is that Woods and Biggie, and they do this in their promos a lot as well, where they're like, Kofi's the most experienced out of us. He's the best one out of the three of us. We we want him to get a push. We want him to be the, the big face of this group. And when they say, if one of us wins the Royal Rumble, we all win the Royal Rumble, I genuinely believe that. Yeah, yeah. When they say... If one of us wins Money in the Bank, we're all Money in the Bank winners. If we win a title, we're all... I genuinely believe that they they think that way. So they are going to be pushing for Kofi to be WWE champion because they all get to be WWE champion that way. There's not like this, this jealousy thing. It's not like that Royal Rumble. It's every man for themselves. It's, hey, man, you know, we're as tight as it gets. But when it comes to the Royal Rumble, I'm going for that. Blah, blah. You know, it's, it's none of that. They just feel like three best mates. And you don't need to break this group up if you want to give one of them a singles run. It's it's a very rare example where I wouldn't break up a faction Absolutely or have one not. turn heel on the other ever. Nope. 
Uh, maybe, you know, maybe in a few years' time, I'll be saying something different. There's only so many wacky New Day skits I can take before my patience is worn thin. Mm -hmm. But this was like, this was perfect New Day. This was the most serious New Day can get. And uh, yeah, I, it was fantastic. I've, I'm just looking back at my notes here. And I'm just such an idiot. <laughs> Interesting, starting Brian off first in the gauntlet match. It's going to be psychologically backwards having the heel last that long. <laughs> like, like, Kofi. And then I, it was sort of around halfway through the Brian Kofi opener that I realized there's like 45 minutes left of this show. There's no more segments or in-ring promos. We're just going to get one long match. Yeah, we are not ending this with a Rusev Nakamura segment. Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, I guess the only other way you could have done it, uh, I'm just I'm just like spitballing ideas now, is to start off with the gauntlet match, advertise other segments for later on, but then say, well, we'll still win the gauntlet match and bump the other segments. TNA did that once. Yeah. They had like a, it was when they only had an hour long show and they, they kicked off the night. It was a triple threat. I think it was Christian, Rhino and Kurt Angle, I want to say. I might oh. be wrong on some of those, but it was a triple threat match for the title. And they were like, well, this is the first match of the show. We've got this coming up on the show as well. We've got this coming up on the show. But the match actually took up the entire show, the entire hour long show. And Tanae and West just kept going like, we're going to have to, we've got to cancel some of these segments. Like, we're just going to have to stick with this match until we've got a winner. It makes it feel really... It was really uh, cool. Impulsive and yeah. spontaneous and real because of that. Yeah, so Kofi eventually beat Daniel Bryan, but Daniel Bryan did not lose anything through, through losing. Daniel Bryan is a master at being pinned as the champion and yeah. getting other people over just because they pin the champion in a non-title match. It's kind of like the opposite of AJ, because AJ, it felt like AJ was pinned a lot when he was WWE champion. But never felt special. No. Yeah. But whereas Brian, when people pin Brian, you're like, oh my God, they just pinned the champion. Well, I, I can only think of twice, really. It was Ali in that tag yeah, match and, and this this one now. Yeah. Uh, it just feels really, really, yeah. They're doing such good work on SmackDown. So Jeff Hardy's out next. He gets beat pretty quickly. Jeff Hardy looked so rubbish. Like, he was moving so slowly. And, like, Ali, like, Ali, sorry. Kofi has just wrestled for, like, 25 minutes. Jeff Hardy comes out, gets, like, one move, and he's like, I'm just as tight as you are, mate. <laughs> like, yeah. You look rubbish. And then he missed this once on, and Kofi hit the SOS for a quick win. Yeah, Jeff Hardy looked proper crap. Well, he's still selling that most vicious beatdown ever from Randy Orton. It's amazing he's still in the Back ring, Back in really. September. It's yeah. so vicious, that. Uh, Samoa Joe was out after that, and, of course... Joe's awesome, yep. and he just took it to Kofi. There was no sympathy from this guy, and Kikina, like it, it, there was this really good crossbody outside from Kofi. Where, you know like move, when moves just connect perfectly? There's a real satisfaction of watching it. Yeah, The Kofi crossbody to Joe on the outside I thought was beautiful. My favourite spot of this though is when Kofi goes to do like a springboard, and Joe just pushes him to the outside, and not, he doesn't go out to get him, he's just, I'm going to take this cat, yeah, cat. Yeah. and he just goes to the other side of the ropes, leans up against it, and just starts counting long, going, Six. Which <laughs> is so good. And that sort of complacency does protect you in the finish when you are rolled up and you are you're caught unaware in a sort of tortoise and the hare scenario. You want to talk about writing notes that make you look like you're the absolute idiot when you wrote them. 
I I remember I kept saying to myself like, oh, Joe's an idiot. Why doesn't he just lock in the clutch? Like Kofi's clearly tired. Just lock in the clutch and get the win, Joe. And then he locked in the clutch and Kofi reversed it and pinned him. I was like, that's probably why you didn't want to lock in the clutch yeah. straight away there, Joe. And then to build this underdog story even more of Kofi, Joe's annoyed, yeah. so he beats the crap out of Kofi. Locks in the Kikina clutch on the outside. Who's out next? It's the guy I forgot about, AJ Styles. He runs down, saves Kofi by beating up Joe. And at this point, I'm like, wait a sec. Is Joe also going to take out AJ Styles? And that levels the playing field for Kingston and AJ when they're, when they're part of the gauntlet match starts up. That I'm, I'm, I don't disagree with the way they went, but that's just another way they could have taken it. And it, it got me on the edge of my seat thinking, how are you going to, where are you going to go with this match? And I loved Kofi's oh, never brilliant. quit attitude. Because they went to a commercial break and they used that commercial break to kind of like tell the story of Kofi trying to get back in the ring. And you got AJ out there with his ring jacket on just going like, he can't go. Like, he cannot wrestle. But Kofi's like getting up to his feet and AJ goes over to the corner and he's like, are you sure? Like, you can just quit, man. Like, no one will think any less of you if you quit. And the commentators are putting this over as well. Even Corey Graves was like, I've been made a believer tonight in Kofi Kingston. And Kofi just fires up, starts slapping AJ going like, let's do this. And I was like, yes, man, come on, let's go. That was my favorite part of the match. As much as I love the New Day coming down to help him out, that was the best part. Yeah. It really fired up everything. And you mentioned the commentary there. The commentary was pretty damn terrific for this match because yeah. they all started out not believing in Kofi. And they went on a journey as much as us as the viewers did. And that just helps. Like They're, they're sort of echoing your own thoughts rather than being this WWE corporate speak all the time and you're like yeah i i'm starting to believe in kofi as well and that's what the commentators were saying and by the end when they were going like that they were all they were rooting for kingston to stay in it was really well done really really well done uh, but the yeah the way aj and kofi had a match that was edge on your seat stuff because you didn't know if kofi was going to get the upper hand and carry on all of those near falls really really worked like he had a series of pins where he was getting like more elaborate pins on aj styles but each of them felt like they were desperation attempts because kofi in his head's like i need to pin this guy quickly because i've still got one more guy i need to beat if i'm gonna come into this chamber last i just thought it was really really well told including like when he, he beat another 10 count he did this brilliant splash off the top rope for a, a near fall this is when at the point when he's been in the match for over an hour and AJ locks in the calf crusher which he taps to and it was kind of Kofi, not Kofi's fault but Kofi had one big last act of desperation where he did a double knees into the post and mm. AJ got out the way so Kofi even though he'd been in the match for an over an hour was his own undoing because then AJ just locks in the calf crusher and Kofi's like well I've, I've been my legs have been worked over by AJ and now I'm knackered out my knees by hitting the ring post I've got to tap out at this point and I yeah I I guess like the other side, when, when I was talking about what direction they're going to take the match in, is to have AJ and Joe nullify each other, and then Kingston beats AJ because of that, but then you've got Randy Orton. He's going to hit an RKO from out of nowhere. Yeah, he's not getting paid by the hour, folks. No, he is I saw not. a really funny comment uh, being like, oh, AEW's going to pay Randy Orton for less dates, is he? <laughs> But will he have to wrestle at those days? <laughs> yeah. You can just like do an RKO for t five seconds work. Yeah. It's, a, it's not a bad gig. But if that's the finish to your match, then it's actually quite a show of respect to Kofi to lose before that and have AJ take the sort of, yeah. not humiliating RKO, but it's it's not the, the great finish to this 
incredible Iron Man performance. I was going to say, because AJ looked like such a doofus, because like New Day are helping Kofi to the back. Randy Orton's music's playing, and AJ is just looking up the round going like, where is he? Come on, Randy. Come on down and fight me. And I'm like, mate, if you watched an episode of SmackDown in your life, this is meant to be the house that you built. He's coming in the back door, mate. He always does. And, you know, I just, I just praise the commentators. The commentators should know too. AJ, why are you staring at the ramp? Like, <laughs> that's what I was screaming at the TV. It's like, you're yeah. going off air in a minute. I know how this say, match ends right now. It was, it was classic WWE commentary of like, don't look at the ring. Don't look at what's happening around the ring. Commentate on what you can see on the screen. Commentate on what the, the viewers at home are seeing. So the commentators then look like absolute morons when the crowd are reacting to Randy Orton getting in the ring. They're like, oh, AJ's ready. AJ is ready for Randy Orton to come down the ramp. As... Randy Orton <laughs> runs past them. That's it. Like that sort of mentality would work if it was a backstage thing, or it, or you didn't have a live crowd <laughs> reacting to everything the announcers supposedly can't see. Yeah. Uh, but you know that, that that's a very minor thing. Absolutely. It's it was, uh, of course, Randy Orton wins, uh, and he can be the the surprise heel at the end when uh, of the chamber. I just this was an absolutely incredible hour of WWE TV. I was very sports entertained. I was very wrestling entertained. So, um, I mean, Kofi, he's he's starting the chamber, right? Like, if you're going to tell the Kofi Kingston story again this coming Sunday, he's got to be first in. What, and he actually lasts to the very end? Could be, yeah. And then people's hearts are in the And then, like, he's already pinned Daniel Bryan once. Can he do it again after all of this that he's gone through? It's... um, as fresh as SmackDown's main event scene feels at the moment, with the Joe and and Ali and now Kofi, I am. It, maybe this is just cynical. Well, it's it's not cynical, Ollie. It's Ollie being conditioned from decades of WWE booking. My concern is that they just go back to AJ versus Brian. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it kind of feels like that's the direction yeah. we're heading. Yeah, and they they have great matches, but I just I'm I'm bored of AJ, unfortunately. Like he, it's not like his WWE title run last year was a stellar, had any stellar feuds really. And that, and again, it's not the fault of AJ. No, that was the fault of WWE deciding that although he is champion for a year, we're going to give him three feuds. Mm. Like over a year's span, he just faces three lads. Like that, that to me is like when you've got such a huge pool of talent, that's very short sighted to just make him fight three people. Yeah, considering what Brian's doing now, and he's. Fending off everyone. Yeah, it's that. I'll put that to one side. This was still in isolation, an absolutely terrific episode of SmackDown, uh, and the, particularly because of, mainly because of this gauntlet match, and it capped off like three, four weeks of very solid, really effective SmackDown booking. This was a great go home show. A great go home show. This built the elimination chamber. I want to see all these six guys compete in the chamber now, and yeah, surprise, surprise, wrestlers don't have to just get over by promos. They can get over by long matches and showing what they can do. Look at The Revival and Chad Gable and Bobby Roode on Raw. That was a dead crowd. And through wrestling, through what they're the best in the world at, they're professionals at this job, they got the people invested and on their side. Yeah, so hopefully WWE realizes that and does more of it carrying forward. (laughs) 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Let's do some Patreon shout-outs. That's not because an error. Because one of the things at Elimination Chamber is Wrestle League, which is our fantasy predictions league, which everyone who donates $5 or more on Patreon to us a month can be a part of. Yeah. And uh, these are some of those people. So thank you, Ben. Hey now, you're a rock star, Haley. Yes, Woo! Ben Haley. Big Apple Takedown, Lindsay Munro. That is a that is a very good nickname. Uh, butter me up, Soren Nord. Oh, butter me up, Harry and the Hendersons Burgers. That is a film and TV series I used to love in my youth. Robin Banks, Lee Roberts. Oh, yes, he yeah. is. Ryan, be bad. He's so oh, bad. He's so bad. Mmm, this is a tasty Tim Heidenberger. Labored, it's a belabored name. It's a Pulp Fiction line. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably better than Kyle, Philip O'Reilly. Uh, no. <laughs> he's not going to be better than, better than Carl. I love you, Philip, but Carl O'Reilly's the man. The Tactical Distraction, Anthony Ibanez. Oh, tactical, like a, mate. A real nickname. I think he's talking to you, Damien Thompson. Oh, Damien. Simpson. And Matthew Faybolt. This city on rock and roll. Woo! Yeah, there it is. Oh. 
The show started with a memorial graphic for Pedro Morales, who passed away yesterday. And then the actual in-ring show started a bit weirdly. It opens on the SmackDown arena with all the crowd, the people who are there, so in front of the hard cam. And they're just playing a recap of Vince McMahon replacing Becky Lynch with Charlotte from the previous night's Raw. And usually those things open up, you know, they're the full screen and it's a video package there. But this was, you were watching the crowd watch the Titan Tron playing this. Yeah. It, it, was, it was, yeah, it was different. I, t- I didn't mind it at all because I've, I've got a suggestion. <gasps> the, the promo, the, the, the clip on screen ended in a really weird, at a really weird point because Vince McMahon is saying, hey, Becky, you're all these things. And this was getting heat from the crowd. A video clip was getting heat from the crowd because they love Becky and they don't like her being taken out. We've been worked. It's definitely a storyline. No, some people have cancelled their network subscription (laughs) off the back of it. They're not watching WrestleMania anymore. And Vince McMahon says, and here's, you know, here's the person replacing you, Charlotte Flair. And then it cuts into Charlotte Flair's entrance. Yeah. It was amazing. And now I think Vince McMahon, that clip... Charlotte Flair should be Charlotte's stone cold glass shattering. <laughs> this should be at the start of every yeah, entrance for her. I love that. That is instant heat. That's great. That's it, really good. And yeah, every, so yeah, that's 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 lobby. That's lobby WWE for to have that. Yeah, that's rad, man. I really like that. Imagine, you know, like you it's there's a match is going on, it's Asuka versus Carmella. Oh, Charlotte's gonna come out and interrupt, but first it's Vince McMahon, and here's Charlotte Flair. Someone with natural charisma. Charlotte Flair. I'm trying to do her music. Oh, it's spot on. It was it was pretty good. That's that's gold. No, I thought you were doing clap on clap off the clapper. No, I was doing Spando Ballet. Okay. Well, I was trying to do Charlotte's entrance music. So she comes out and she cuts a very very good heel promo. This, she's so at home here. Yeah, he said heel. <laughs> yes. Uh, she has been cutting, like, these heelish promos for for sort of months now. Sort of, like, pretty pretty much post, like, evolution, I would argue. When, like, Becky... When they decided we're going to push Becky as a baby face now, and they tried to essentially just copy and paste what got Becky over and put it onto Charlotte, and it was from that iconic segment, like it was, and it was mad awkward because they were like, no, 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 we can still push her as a baby face, but just a Becky Lynch baby face. It died a death and it didn't work. But kind of since late late 2018, and particularly around the Royal Rumble and during the Royal Rumble, she has been acting more heelish, and I've been enjoying her work so much more. And then she came out here and cut this. Fully heel promo. I mean, I would argue last week's was fully heel as well, but some people would say it's a tweener thing. This was, I am a heel. My heel turn is complete. And as I I said in the review, it was tremendously refreshing because she is a tremendous heel and she's a tremendous promo as a heel. I really, really liked this. Yeah, if you if you rewind about two years when Charlotte was last a heel, when you know the the raw scene with Sasha Banks and all those matches, you say I was going to say Sasha Banks and only Sasha Banks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was feuding all, with feuding with her for like eight months. All those matches, <laughs> all of them. all of those matches. And she she was I I liked her promos because there was something real about them. She had seemingly interact with the crowd, but she'd also trip over a few words here and there. Um, 
but two years later, she has refined that where she can cut a properly heel promo, not be put off by the crowd. Even like the crowd almost fuels her. There was a bit when she did the most obnoxious woo. And it, it made me annoyed at her. But it, not in a, like an X-Pac get off my screen way. It was like a boom. And not in a, this is going to be good. Yeah, not in that Ooh. way. Oh, my God. I can't believe that's technically within the same one-year period. <laughs> uh, but she, the content was really good as well. She's trashing Becky, saying she's a flash in the pan. She's yeah. no, she's, oh, she's had a good couple of months. Yeah, but she like Charlotte is a future Hall of Famer. And then she mocks the crowd for Becky coming out. She's like, Becky, yeah. Becky. If we chant it loud enough, she might appear. <laughs> oh, it was great. So good. And she was like, boo me now. You're welcome. Mm. Oh, it was, she was really, really great. And then she dedicates the match to my friend Becky. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah. And so there was one point where she just told a random person in the crowd, shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. I'm the main event of WrestleMania. Mm. I'm the main event. And, you know, treat this as a villain in a movie saying stuff. Not like this is WWE's... This, this is obvious. This is so obviously a storyline. No, is I, it? I, 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 no, I need to go over to YouTube now and thumbs down that video to show yeah. my disgust at them taking out Becky Lynch from the WrestleMania main event because she's—I mean, she's suspended. She can't be at WrestleMania now. I—I'm just hoping those sixty-three thousand thumbs down on that YouTube video clip is more people. They—they they agree with the 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 angle to progress the storyline. They know Becky's going to come back in. What they disagreed with, Luke, was the build and the substance behind it. <laughs> YouTube thumbs up, thumbs down are definitely that considered to, mm. to think that Yeah, way. I, I would, I would certainly the say so, yeah. She also did reveal that she'll be at Elimination Chamber this weekend, which is more than Asuka's going to get. Yeah. Uh, to be in the crowd or, or to be at ringside to watch Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot. Yeah, she's like, because, hey, we might see a new Raw Women's Champion crown. It's like, <laughs> yeah, good one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Right? I mean, stranger things have happened, hey, well, I guess. That's the first time anyone's acknowledged Ruby <laughs> could win on no, no. WWE TV. Michael Cole did it. He gave it his best shot oh, on Monday he? to oh, say yeah, that, that, she, it, that she it? could win. Anyway, that I thought Charlotte was absolutely excellent. Loved and she, she's really at home in this heel angle. And I'm really looking forward to the Ric Flair birthday celebration. Oh. <laughs> I want that to be so over the top. Yeah. I think, I'm, I'm putting it down now. I think the Ric Flair 70th birthday celebration in two weeks' time could be friendship, uh, festival of friendship levels of awesome. Wow. Oh, you think Becky's going to crash the party? I think Becky's crashing the party. I think it's going to be really over-the-top heel shenanigans beforehand. Ric Flair's going to talk into a book and make some sexually lewd comments, claims he slept with Halle Berry. Space Mountain! Woo! <laughs> and then the man, because you've got the man, Becky Lynch, taking on the, the man, Ric Flair. Yep. I, I, there's a, there's a lot they can do there, and the way they've been going recently, they've, ex they've surpassed all my expectations. I want to give a, a quick shout out because somebody sent me this on Twitter. Oh, where was the name? Who was it? I'll fill while you're uh, looking for it. I said on the podcast yesterday about this idea I had that definitely wasn't stolen from Reddit. It was where Becky should interrupt Ric Flair's birthday celebrations with a Guinness truck and do the sort of yeah, Steve Austin beer. Pump thing, but that Guinness is very stodgy. Yeah, uh, Sour Lux got in touch with me on Twitter to say uh, they could have pulled off. You remember when um, Shawn Michaels was healed for a month during his feud with Hulk Hogan, and he yeah. they came out in Montreal and he was cutting this promo in Montreal about like how he screwed Brett, and then they played Bret Hart's music and the crowd exploded. 
they said they should have done that with with Charlotte here. Like or you remember the other example would be when CM Punk won the championship from Jeff Hardy. And then he came out to Jeff Hardy's entrance music. And the crowd were really excited because they thought Jeff Hardy was there. And then it was CM Punk. And they were, ah, oh, no, we boo! Like if you'd have started this show with Becky Lynch's music, but then Charlotte walks down to her yeah, music. Yeah, that's good. Well, but then you don't get the great Vince McMahon entry. I know. I mean, you, you have you convinced me that is better. Yeah. Uh, after this really good opening segment, we had possibly, yeah, definitely the worst thing on the show. Easily. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, Naomi Carmella taking on Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, taking on the Iconics. In the same deal as what happened on Raw, the team that gets pinned is starts off the Chamber match on Sunday. Yeah, it was the and, exact same match we saw last week as well. And the Iconics, thinking, smart, just decided never to tag in. Because they watched Wrestle Ramble and they, they saw what we said, which is the smart play is not to tag in because you don't gain anything from winning. You don't get to stay in the pod longer if you win. You just don't get anything. Yeah, so yeah, why sense. why bother tagging in? I thought I thought the iconics were great here. Yeah, they they also played these those interviews that they've been playing forever. I feel like I've seen the iconics one about seven times. I've seen that more than the Black History Month promo. And, I've seen it more than Asuka. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, the, so we've seen the Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville one. We've seen the Iconics one. I don't think I've seen the Naomi Carmella one yet, which they played before this match. I think they played that one last week. Oh, okay. But I, I don't know. Well, I, I don't want to go on record and say that they did or they didn't. What did you notice? Their shared catchphrase that they did. Mm-mm. They said they they said all their things and like we're gonna win because we're good at dancing and we're you know we we've got a long history together. Period. Period. And I thought that's a Monty, the Monty Brown it's a Monty thing. Brown. See, my references aren't out of date. Um, but then I also thought, is period the best catchphrase for a female tag team? Well, it's, you know, it's just punctuation, isn't it? I just, I, I, if it was a guy saying penis, <laughs> I did, it just made me laugh for some reason. I mean, well, Joey Ryan's been doing that for years, and it's, it's, it's got him it's over. It's working for him. Yeah. Uh, this was... Wasn't really much of a match. They kind of they built. It was the exact same match as we got last yeah. week. It was building up to Naomi versus Mandy, uh, and then Naomi pins Mandy with the split legged moonsault. Fifty fifty booking. Um, so Fire and Desire will be first in the chamber with Becky at uh, the Becky Bailey and Banks, which they showed via this graphic. They put this graphic up on screen that showed them almost like action figures inside an elimination chamber to show how the pods work, who started the match, which I actually thought was quite good. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. It's like a doll's house that the pictures are full-bodied of them and they're all in profile, so standing to the side of the camera. It'll look like they're ready to fight. They're not just smiling, going like, I'm happy to be here, which a lot of like (coughs) WWE profile pictures do look like they're all just, I'm so happy to be here. I'm yeah. so happy. I'm so grateful to be here. I, I, I really like that. And I also really like the following WWE.com style interview clip of Bailey saying, don't worry, Sasha's really great. Uh, she's really tough. I'm sure she'll be ready to help me in the chamber on Sunday. Yeah. I don't know if that's a legit uh, injury angle now or if they're just working us because both could way. be true. But then came the Nia Jackson to Mina. I wondered if you were going to... What was going on here? Well, it's... I was... This was the funniest thing I've seen all week. So this is... Okay, so Nia Jax is the star of that tag team. And the storyline I think they're telling is... Nia Jax knows that. So she's just like, I'm just going to cut the promos. And then when Tamina tries to join in and cut a promo, Nia just talks over her. Because Nia in her head is like, why do you need to say anything? 
I'm the one getting all the heat. You're the vacuum. I'm the one who's actually generating heat. I'll just cut the promo for us. Yeah, so Nia Jax just bulldozes ahead, delivering this promo uninterrupted, no pause for breath or for Tamina to interject. And I guess what they told them beforehand is, hey, Tamina, you're going to try and interrupt and then you're going to show a facial expression that shows you're annoyed slightly, like a little bit of dissension there because Jax is just doing all the talking for you. Unfortunately, Tamina doesn't seem to know how to act. Mm. And she just looked constipated. Yeah. So she, she'll, she'll mumble a word and then contort her face. Like, mm, <laughs> it, I, I was, it was so funny. It looks like she was having a poop. <laughs> Do you know what? It's Okay, so I really enjoyed this anyway, apart from Tamina's terrible acting, because I don't think she can do anything right at the Everything moment. Everything else was great. It was great. I think Jax is so good yeah, in this yeah, role. Yeah. Here's my concern, though. If this is the storyline they're telling, that means this team is leading to a split, which means we're leading to Jax versus Tamina matches. Well, they, they kind of got a pop back at... Sorry, that was probably very plosive. Uh, a pop back at the Evolution Battle Royal, where they had a stare-off. Ugh. Matches I don't want to see. <laughs> Tamina um, versus Nia Jax. Then we got Mustafa Ali uh, doing his mobile phone promo, which you know was really cool outside in He's the snow. Great. He's so good. He's such a lovable baby face. Mm. And then we, the, the last thing we'll talk about because we've covered the gauntlet match was this Shane and Miz TV interview with the Usos, which was. Loki, a very, very effective segment for building a match. A match that was only really decided two weeks ago and has had very little TV time or substance to put your teeth into, like feud and storyline-wise. And it was just the Usos come out and say, let's do a tag team test. These, this is a reason we're going to beat you. Let's do a tag team test. Favourite colour. And then the other Uso will go red. And they'll just run off things and then... Miz and Shane will say, well, we can do that too. Miz says, what's my favourite colour? He whispers in Shane's ear, blue. And Shane goes, blue. Yeah. <laughs> and the crowd really got behind it, especially when Miz said, what's my favourite sports team? My, my... Say, say the local sports team. And yeah. Shane says that and the crowd go crazy. It was really massive funny. pop for, um, I had to look this up. They're called the Toledo Mud Hens. And I had to look it up because I thought they said the Toledo Buttheads. Buttheads. <laughs> it's like the team is not called the Toledo Buttheads. That's an Elias promo. <laughs> I've just scripted for them next time they're in oh, town. Oh, man. The Toledo Buttheads. Um, but there, there was some, other than that, 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 like Miz said, what's my favourite food? And he whispers something and Shane goes, goes, quiche. Yeah, he goes, quiche. <laughs> it's quiche. And Shane goes, quiche, quiche. Yeah, yeah. It's which really is really good. funny. This was a segment that on paper... Like, when they announced this, whatever it was, last week, or, you know, when they said they're going to do McMiz TV, I was like, nah, you know, it's a Miz TV segment with the Usos. I'm sure, at the very base level, it'll be fine, because Miz is a very good promo, Shane can sweat his way through things, and the Usos are really good at what they do. But this ended up being almost like, not on the exact same level, but New Day Usos rap battle? When you see something on paper and you're like... Oh, I'm not sure this is really going to work. Then they actually do, and you're like, oh, that was great. This... One segment has made me excited for this match on Sunday. I can't believe I'm sitting here saying, like, cannot wait to see Shane and Miz defend the tag team titles. But I am. Because yeah. this segment was brilliantly designed. And it was that, 
I, I really like it when WWE do this, and I think they do this very, very well, very effectively, which is that you've got one of the teams doing comedy. So you've got Shane and Miz feeding each other lines. You've got Shane and Keish, you know, things like this. But then the Usos like, no, 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 we're taking this seriously. And they slap the microphone out of Miz's hand. And that then fires them up to be serious as well. It's that big E when he just starts shouting down the Usos because you need to get serious, son. I thought it was really, really effective and really cool in building their match. It's the one week they've actually done to build something, but it was enough to make me go, I'm looking forward to this match. Yeah, and you had the Usos, who, like you said, great promo, Miz, great promo. Shane is was the bit I wasn't, I didn't care about for this, but he had a really cool line where he said, I'm going to hit you, you so hard, your brother's going to feel it. And then he then he really put an emphasis on the tag titles. He said, we are the best in the world because we've got these. Yeah. And he hung the belt up in the air in front of them. Uh, Usos turned to leave and then super kicked them. The crowd were really into the Usos as well. I thought so, this was a home run segment. I yeah, really, yeah, really, I really, really, really like this. And actually, and that, overall, the SmackDown show, I mean, I gave this a show a SmackDown because I, I and I thought yeah. there's nothing I can fault this on. Yeah, the the six the three person the three team tag match. Yeah, we saw it last week and we saw basically the same match on Monday, but you know, it's it's fine. It is what it is. At least it was building to the chamber match and they had the promo surrounding it from all six teams to make you go like, "Hey, this match is happening. Here are storylines that are going into this match. Now there's some intrigue going in there." All fine with that. Plus it made sense because the Iconics didn't want to tag in and that just kayfabe makes sense. So Overall, I couldn't really find a fault with the episode, so I gave it a SmackDown rating, but it just did such a good job of making me excited for the Chamber this Sunday. I thought the build for the six-man WWE Championship Chamber was just awesome, considering that they've been backed into a corner and had to rebook it at the last minute to add a new person into it. So within one episode, they've already made it feel like this was always meant to be this way. So I credit to them, I think it's a really, really strong job. I'm excited for the tag match. And I'm excited, in a way, I guess, for the women's chamber match for the, the tag titles. I think it might. I mean, it's going to be an absolute train wreck, I think. But it, it, there could be something coming out of it. I'm more excited for anything on the SmackDown side of things than I am Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman. And I, just, I think the SmackDown has been on a roll as of late. I thought this was a really good show. It's such a shame that no one attends their shows. And it's such a shame that WWE have conditioned their fans through 20 years of storytelling that, the Sm that SmackDown is the B-show, you don't need to care about it. And that really has hurt them because SmackDown attendance is never as good as Raw because they've been told, don't. if SmackDown comes down, you don't need to go to it because it's a bit rubbish really, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this was an excellent episode. I, I give it five out of five too. A smackdown, yeah. which is very rare for me. Really, really looking forward to this Sunday now. Yeah, yeah. Well, shame, have a, shame about Asuka though. Uh, we, yeah, that's the only downside. Like those, who's ready for Asuka? No. We, we are. Yeah. Uh, but they're not around. Because I made this joke last week that no one's ready for Asuka because the entire SmackDown women's division is in that one match, is in the chamber match. And Becky and Charlotte are tied up with Ronda Rousey. And a lot of people said, what about Nikki Cross or Lacey Evans? They, they're allowed to go across both brands. Yeah. And I'm like, in all honesty, you could have done a Lacey Evans match. Like, yeah, it's too soon to be putting her into a title picture, granted. But it's better than Asuka doing nothing. Like, she beat the Royal Rumble winner. She beat the person who's going to headline WrestleMania clean at the Royal Rumble. And has got, she hasn't been on TV since the Rumble. She hasn't had hatched. Hey, she got a video package last week, my friend. Whoop-de-doo. Like, she's, she's had sweet FA. And that's a, that feels like a big error. Mm. Yeah, it is a shame.
So I got this email in from Pavo or Pavo, maybe P double A V O. This says, "Good morning, Luke. Finish uh, watching wrestling fans. Notice something interesting while uh, while watching last night's SmackDown episode. So people from Finland. Yes, that's right." Rowan was wearing a t-shirt of Finnish folk metal band Korpikilani. Korpikilani, maybe? Korpikilani. Yeah, Korpikilani. Yeah, yeah, they're on my my shuffle. Yeah, I've got them on my community tab on YouTube, Mm. um, Snapchats. Um, And this was noticed by someone that was on Twitter. Now, he writes, The reason this is interesting is the fact that Korpikilani was called before that shamanic duo, and it only had two people in it. Now there's a bunch of people, and the current name in English is... The Backwoods Clan, as in the Backwoods Clan. Could this be absolutely brilliant piece of subtle storytelling and a hint of Brian's clan? Well, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I'm, I well, doubt. he was wearing an Alestorm t-shirt last week, so I think he's just wearing... T- he's like me, basically. Me and Eric Rowan are just dressing the same now. Mm-hmm. He's just wearing t-shirts. Like Daniel Bryan. That, yeah, he's just wearing t-shirts he likes. Uh, yeah, so... But, like... Daniel Bryan had that momentary pause that you had your own conspiracy theory. When does a conspiracy theory become a fantasy booking? I think mine mine is certainly fantasy booking. Because you you theorize... That one feels more conspiracy theory because you've picked one thing out and then ignored everything else that's come before it. Or it could just be great storytelling. Like, I don't know. Like, if there were to be really minute changes to a set over time and through videos like if we were to do little clues of stuff around the wrestle ramble set mm-hmm. on youtube uh to, to tell a larger story that pays off eventually i would yeah. say and i go back and i i would see that and I yeah go, that's great storytelling i would agree but like there are he was wearing an ailstorm t-shirt last week he's just wearing t-shirts of bands he likes so what what do ailstorm do they have any particular environmental message or things that can just, work into the story i line? think they're pirate metal if if memory oh, serves paul Burchill. that's what it is paul yeah, Burchill's coming, coming back, back. it's yeah. about time really um would you like an email on the uh, the great clothing debate sure because it rages on we settled this well, with, no, with no. being incorrect. Well, no, I thought I would address this because I was thinking about that email that was sent to us. If you didn't listen to yesterday's show, we got an email in from someone who was a. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't reward people who didn't listen to the show. <laughs> They've got to go back and listen to it. Broad strokes. We got an email in from someone who was a fashion major that just said, "Not all clothes sizes are the same. Thirty-six inches is different depending on what shows you uh, what." Um, shops you go into, just get over it. So I thought I'm, I'm going to take this platform to announce that I'm going to be launching a, uh, a new fizzy drinks company. I'm going to do this as one of my as my new business plan. I'm going to launch a new fizzy drinks company and I'm going to sell my drink in 100 milliliter bottles. But actually, <laughs> there's only 75 milliliters in there. It's actually a bit of a genius business move on my part. It's your fault for not checking, but just get over it. Um, and as a spin-off from that, we might sell shelves that we're going to advertise in the catalogs as 36 inches long. But when you get them home and you get a tape measure on them, they're actually 34. Um, but, you know, you should have just measured that in the shop. So it's your own fault that I advertised something at a specific and non-deniable size. And it's different when you get it home. I, w- I wish... That, so the, the chap who emailed in before, the fashion major... Yeah, just get over it. Which, just get over it. My, sh- my shelves are different sizes to regular shelves. So the fashion major would be a few ranks up to the fashion police? 
Uh, or, or no, and I think Tyler that, Breeze and Fandango. No, because they've already graduated. Mm. I think. Uh, so if they could get in touch and tell us why a thirty-four-inch waist jean has so many different interpretations <laughs> of size. That would be great. Yeah, because because like I I that this is where my side of the argument falls down. I don't know why. Yeah, my, I I can I guess that it's about how the fabric stretches, how the fabric is sort of hemmed and and cut, and how certain shops cater for certain body types. So uh, a thirty-two inch waist jeans, for instance, might be fine for your waist. But if you've got massive quads like me from mm. all the squats I do and the cycling and the cycling, you might need a different like the the shape of the the, the thigh part of the gene would be different. Yeah, I don't know how that ties into the waist size. So if if that can be cleared up, we can finally shut Luke up. <laughs> I just think I don't buy into the argument of just get over it when things are wrong because th when you do things like this, this is how we end up with day one DLC in video games and microtransactions because you people just say just get over it. It's just the way games are now, and then all of a sudden corporations start to aggressively monetize those things and it makes games not fun anymore um i i feel like i don't want to paint everyone with a, a a broad brush but the phrase just get over it seems very like a fashion major <laughs> just get over just it. get over it I, I imagine they click their finger yeah like when likely, they yeah. uh, and and chuck that over their their shoulder as they said that oh, yeah. just get over it and then Period. a flamboyant turn and a walk away could very with, well we're be. wearing something with a sort of tail like mm -hmm. end to the coat that flicks. In all in fairness, face. we do actually have fashion designers in our office block. Um, yeah, we they, do. they make lingerie. So we could always mm. just like knock on their door and ask, is there a reason why this is the way it is, rather than asking people to email us. We could do the research ourselves. We could. We could. But they are they're lot they're lots of lovely women. And they intimidate and scare me. And their logo is boobs. It's they're right. <laughs> it's yeah. It's it's two boobs. Yes. Yeah, which they you could say I guess as an argument. No, it's it's the it's the two letters of the company name with nipples. <laughs> it's designed to look yeah. like boobs. It's it really puts me off because I just see boobs all the time and that. Well, now I'm turned on. <laughs> Great. Go, yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers. That's your fault. <laughs> Just get over it. Uh, but anyway, this came in from uh, Tal, Jumping T. Smart. Hey, Luke and Ollie. So I've decided to chime in on the raging debate that has been the main talking point of the podcast section over a few weeks now. Yeah, sorry about that. It just keeps people keep emailing in. It's it's a topic. It's a hot topic, I guess. It's a hot which topic. Which is also sell clothes. That Luke won't shut up about. I don't until about. People he, keep mailing until in. Until he wins. People keep emailing in. And I'm, there's this no is way. Classic Luke. There's no way for me to arguments. win. There is no way for me to win because the fashion industry has already gotten over it so there is literally no way for me to win this argument what if genuine change spurs out of these podcasts <laughs> that's not happening where you take on like a hugh fernie winning stool fight for fish i, I think channel four got bigger fish to fry than to get me mm. to to make a documentary about how the fashion industry is just ripping people off and they probably <clears throat> pay their chinese workers the exact same amount or maybe even less to make their clothes but sell them at a higher premium you know but you know i i, I don't know enjoy about that. your technology <laughs> enjoy your phone oh yeah no i'm saying <laughs> i'm i'm not dis not disputing that but i would also argue that um if i could buy a cheaper phone i would do only you can't buy cheaper phones anymore. You can. 
Probably like a Nokia. That work. 3210. Oh, they work. They never stop working. It's scary. There's one in my drawer that's been powered on for two years. Uh, anyway, uh, so Jemma T. Smart says, uh, I'm personally of the opinion that all clothes should be bought with care, but that splurging is often necessary. Strong disagree. I consider myself to have a fairly good fashion sense, and I dedicate fair amount of money to clothing. I do think that spending too much money on jeans is a bad too idea. Much money. As the, yeah, I would, <laughs> I thought I'd take a page out of your book uh, on jeans is a bad idea, as they are less noticeable than you would think. However, I would definitely not go as far as Luke and spend under twenty bucks, fifteen pounds on jeans. I normally spend about thirty-five to forty-five dollars on jeans, which is about thirty pounds. Seems like a lot of money. Uh, My jeans I'm wearing right now are fifty. Sterling. Get out! You spent fifty pounds on those. I mean, they're lovely and all, but like you could get those in Skidmark for a tenner. These are Selvage stretch denim, and which is they, also available in Skidmark. Selvage is is a premium denim quality. It's still it's denim though, mate. Denim's the same thing. No, it isn't. You get different weaves of denim. No, it's the same thing, mate. My, <laughs> and, je- my jeans are the same as yours. And my bottom looks great. <laughs> well, yeah, but that fashion's not helping that. You've just got a great bottom. Cheers, um, anyway, where are I? I wouldn't rule out any clothing, whether it be $20 less. I normally spend about $20 more as long as I see it is worth it. If Luke doesn't want to spend a lot of money on jeans, he doesn't have to. But personally, I think looking at jeans that are a bit pricier and getting one or two pairs that you love to wear goes an incredibly long way. Hmm. I bought some clothes yesterday. Did you? They arrived. Uh, so I, I'm quite a sweaty man, which is weird because I've got cold hands and feet all the time. Yeah, your blood circulation is a bit weird at but, times. But the, the core of my body is horribly warm. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, it could be like a cold winter day. I walk 10 paces and my back is dripping with sweat. Mm. And uh, I'll show you. These are called airtism. Why are you wearing three layers? Yeah, right. Because the bottom layer is a naturally cooling <laughs> substance. It's a vest. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a sexy vest. I, it is literally a vest as well. Yeah. There are armpits on show. And weirdly, it's cool to the touch. It feels cool to my body. Oh. It's the, apparently it's the way it's it's like the the fabric and the weave. Yeah, it's called airtism. I wish we were sponsored by stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah, get it for free. Go to lightstream.com forward slash Russell Ramble. I'll let you know how it's how it's going. Yeah. How much I sweat today. I'm, I'll be, a, I'm, I'm so interested to hear about your sweating habits uh, in our office. I'll keep a little a little tub that I can collect any drops that come off me. And we can we can see how, how full it is by the end of the week. I do think I'm definitely the odd one in our office. Because you and Laurie, and I think Datsun as well, has been saying that it's been very cold recently like at the last month or so probably since like january december that it's been very cold in the office but it's not just us it's it's famously cold but it's, it's winter yeah but it's not that cold though right like you only need to be wearing a coat outside you don't need to be wearing anything else what like topless no you, you think probably oh yeah because a coat will protect you from the cold so you can just wear the coat and that'll protect you so you, what you, you mean just like a t-shirt and a coat yeah totally. it's fine yeah um i would i would say this week's fine, but last week was particularly it's the same as same as this week. It's a bit. No, no, it was a bit nippier, but it wasn't like it was Arctic like, cold. It was it was consistently zero to minus one degrees. This week it's been seven degrees to ten degrees. I know a lot about the weather now. I cycle, <laughs> and it was also insanely windy last week. Oh, actually, I didn't tell you about this. It was so windy on Thursday last week. Not only did the wind blow the hat off my head, it also blew the. A headphone connector out of my phone. Whoa. 
Like it's the the bud stayed in my ears, but the cord got ripped out of my phone and was flailing behind me while I was chasing my hat up the street. And uh, just just a bit nippy though. But yeah, you could like a coat. Coldest day of the year. But a coat was still fine. Like I didn't need anything more than that coat. I think I think you've got to acknowledge you are the the freak of that. You are I the outlier. I literally just there. said. I literally just said I'm the odd one of the office. You, but of, of the nation, <laughs> I, I just I feel like you. <laughs> it's not just the office. I it's, think it's everyone in the UK. I think the Northeast would disagree with you. The Northeast yeah. can they can survive cold, man. But they wear mini skirts out in in winter in Newcastle. Exactly because they're hard. Because they're going to catch the death of cold, my nan would say. <laughs> well, that is all we've got time for on today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Laurie and I will be back for the uh, NXT review. And I think, I believe, the plan is that me and Laurie are going to be doing the magazine show as well. Yeah, on Saturday. I'll be, I'll be around for the chamber predictions, of course. But yes. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not here on Friday. I'm at VidCon. That came on YouTube. That came on the TV yesterday, an advert for VidCon. And I was like, Oh Davis is going to that. Yeah, and not- my girlfriend was surprised because she was like, like kids go to that thing. Yeah, well, I'm not there as a punter, I'm there as industry. So I get to hobnob. I get to <laughs> hobnob with high up folks. Been nobbing around. Yeah, yeah. Um, Me, Rhett and Link. Or Titus. What what what's that thing that Andy always watches? It's Rhett and What? Rhett. Oh, is this all the YouTube things? That boy it's, watches so much YouTube. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's all I ever see him do. I don't really see him do a lot of work. To be fair, he is the only one of us who who, who got into us because he likes watching YouTube. Oh, he just I got into YouTube because we like making videos. <laughs> well, no, I got into this because you're my friend and yeah, I needed a job. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, anyway, uh, Laurie and I will be doing the magazine show this week. So you still get the intros and outros. Head on over to Patreon. Get involved with Wrestle League for the predictions and... On Friday, if you are one of our $5 backers, you'll be getting our review of Elimination Chamber 2011, which we've had a lot of fun talking about. Um, And you'll be getting the whole episode there. It's probably going to be about two and a half hours, maybe three hours, I think, the review. Uh, Ollie Davis, you've got a shocked look on your face. Well, I just checked my emails. And do you want to hear something really wanky? (laughs) Considering I'm not going to be around for the the rest of the podcast intro outros, I had to download an app called Brella. Which yeah. is a networking app, Ella, Ella, for VidCon, <laughs> <laughs> and you put what you're interested in. Nice, and it's like Tinder for for people going. Sure, there. that was my job at one point. That's what I used to build those apps. Yeah, yeah. I say build them. I used to project manage them. So yeah, so I just had my Matthew wants to meet me. <laughs> Who's Matthew? I don't tell, know. Tell me about Matthew. Talking about publishing. All right, well, we'll see. <laughs> well, we look forward to hearing about Matthew. I'm really annoyed as well that we need to get out of it. We didn't even talk about you running a marathon, uh, you know, oh, the, yeah. the half a marathon. What was your time? I did one hour 55. Yes, Oliver Davis, one hour 55. Good work. Russell Talk, get better. Uh, but Laurie and I will be back tomorrow. NXT review, the usual nonsense. And Elimination Chamber predictions. Thank you very much. We'll see you then. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.